0: Thank you for joining our podcast today. We're joined by Scott Bellina, who is the president of Gift Clarity. Scott, thanks for joining us today.
1: Eddie, thanks. It's my honor.
0: Well, if I had to find a person in the country that would help address donor analytics from a fundraising perspective, it would be Scott. And, Scott, we really do appreciate you taking some time. This is an issue that that really needs some good vetting within our industry. Uh, so many nonprofits really do donor analysis based upon who has wealth. And I want to ask you if you think that's the best approach.
1: Well, uh, no, I don't, Eddie. Um, there are uh, several limitations that we at GiveClarity see with um, approaching fundraising from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, one limitation is that. It can be difficult to determine exactly how much wealth someone has. Oftentimes, donors have their their wealth tied up in um, property or uh, trusts or tax shelters or other instruments that um, it is it's difficult to ascertain that they have um, from the from the uh, methods that are usually used to determine wealth. Some of those, some of those, it's possible it's, you can look up property, but, but like I said, many of those instruments are very difficult to to get a good read on. Mm-hmm. Uh, another limitation is even if you can determine it, you don't know necessarily that those that that wealth is liquid in any way. Right. Um, sometimes those instruments are long term, and you know are completely inaccessible for longer than the time horizon you're looking for.
0: Right. You know, when I when I first got into fundraising, Scott, I chased every expensive car and every expensive garage thinking I would find wealth, and what I often found was debt. That's right. And, and the folks that often gave the largest gifts lived very modestly. And so what is the best approach to analyzing a donor?
1: Well, I give clarity. We feel that the best approach is building long-term relationships with those with your donors, mm-hmm. and that uh, in doing so, you will develop a strong connection between your organization and those donors, and that when they are ready to give and are looking to give, they're going to look to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, are are there you know are there some basic characteristics, Scott, or uh, some lifestyles? that lifestyles that indicate a propensity to give or is it we just guessing?
1: No, we have uh uh we do our own sort of analytics that are different from the um, wealth assessments that are that are so common. Mm-hmm. And the 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 characteristics that we look at are fall, fall into a few different categories. We we do look at some demographic um items like Birth date and, and gender and marital status, that sort of thing. Um, we look at how close a, a specific donor may be to your organization. Do they volunteer? Are they a member of your board? What is their giving history to your organization, not overall? Mm-hmm. And then we also have uh, we also look at several characteristics that could be boiled down to how conservative they are with their wealth. Like you said earlier, uh, you chased expensive cars and a lot of times you found debt. Well, we we look at a a couple of the characteristics that are a good example here would be how long uh, a a donor has owned his or her car or how long he or she has owned uh, their house or if they have a second house, those sort of things um, that sort of indicate whether they're conservative and they plan for the future or whether they – are people who have more of a
0: tendency to spend in the here and now? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But are there some, you know, are there some lifestyle situations that show a high propensity? Like, does it help if they're single, never married, without children? I mean, is there a high percentage of those who give?
1: It definitely. That, that's definitely another characteristic. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being that the fewer potential heirs, like you're talking about children, if if a donor does not have uh, a lot of potential heirs to give their money to, they'll, you know, when they when they pass away, they will have, uh, you're more likely, if they've got a strong connection to your organization, to receive some of that estate.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like, from what you're describing, is that the most in, important ingredients to being successful is how successful you build relationships. Is that what you're suggesting?
1: that is absolutely what i'm suggesting hmm. that that is that is the whole core philosophy of gift clarity hmm. is determining which donors uh, are most likely to to have a connection to your organization and then building those relationships hmm. we look at we look at those relationships as an investment in the future of your fundraising organization the more people you bring close uh, the better you know the larger the pool that you have to draw from down the road.
0: That's so true, isn't it? So I guess Absolutely. that's why you look at uh, when you do your analysis rather than just simply looking if they have money or not. Because if they have money, every single nonprofit's after them. Donors get asked from uh, the same organizations. But it sounds to me, Scott, what you're describing is a person who's a cautious, deliberate accumulator of wealth. Who really analyzes? And they don't make so much make gifts as they make investments. Is, is that right?
1: That is absolutely correct. Hmm. Yes. And what, to your to your point uh, previously, there that's that's absolutely another limitation in the in the wealth analysis, which is that just because a donor has a lot of wealth doesn't mean they want to give it to your organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you said, if if they have a lot of public wealth, then uh, everybody's gonna know it and they're gonna have a lot of people talking at them from all different angles um, whereas if you're approaching a strategic donor who wants to uh, who feels a connection with your organization and then also wants to invest as you say because they believe that your organization is the best place uh, for their for their donation the place where it will have the biggest impact
0: well, I tell you, Scott, I, I, I really respect what you've done. Um, Scott is incredibly bright. And while that's really important, he also has a really good heart. And Scott, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. If someone wants to reach out to you, what's the email address they can uh, reach you, or would you rather give a telephone number? What's the best way to reach out to you?
1: If anybody has any questions, the best way to reach out to me would be at email, and my email address is simply scott at gift, giftclarity dot com.
0: Okay, Scott, thank you for your time today. Uh, been very insightful, and I really would encourage everyone to, if they haven't done so thus far, to look up Gift Clarity, and that email address. I mean, the uh, website address is giftclarity.com, dot com, is it not? That's correct. Okay. I I really would encourage you, if you want to strengthen your program and, and really increase your donations over a long period of time, not just over a few months, this is a great tool to do that. Scott, thank you again for your time today.
1: Eddie, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you for a few minutes here.
0: Great job. We appreciate your work.
1: Thank you very much.